perfection is the enemy of good here. Just get something out, make it as good as you can make it, improve it as you go, but don't get hung up on it having to be perfect or, or else you just end up not doing it. And I think this kind of a project, people get intimidated and then just don't do it. And I think it's, it's really important to just dive in and start. Hi, this is Amy, the Senior Group Fitness Instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Indoor Cycle Instructor Pro Podcast. I'm John McGowan, your host. And as always, I want to thank you for being supporting members of ICI Pro. Without you, uh, we would not be able to do the things that we're doing. And one of those things is a continuation of an interview I did with Bill Roach and how we were discussing the importance of potentially creating a newsletter for your indoor cycling class or fitness studio. So Bill's joining me again. Bill, welcome. Thanks, John. I'm glad to be back. Well, I'm glad to have you back because I promised everybody we would continue this and I would, I'd hate not to. So Bill, on, an, on the earlier episode, and I believe that would be podcast number 133, we discussed really what you saw are the four main reasons why someone should consider a newsletter for their indoor cycling class or their fitness studio. And we talked about the benefits to increased retention of members. We talked about you as an instructor developing authority and credibility with your class. We also talked about it was an, an avenue for you to convey additional te- an additional teaching message uh, so that you don't feel compelled to try to tell them everything in the class. And your favorite, as you described it, was just the bonding and the connection and the building of community that would come through that. So I have a newsletter. I know how the whole thing operates. But I'm going to guess that there are no shortage of pro members who, just by nature, they want to have, have the best and most full class as possible. But they're starting to think, okay, how am I going to do this? And you've been very gracious to come up with uh, a bunch of ideas as to first what they need to say or what they could say, and also how we're going to deliver this newsletter. So starting with uh, what do you say? You've laid out a couple of bullet points here. The first one you talk about is that use content from IndoorCycleInstructor.com or other organizations that are somewhat accredited for your content. Uh, expand on that. I might even go a half a step back and say that, that I think it's important not to, to make this seem more difficult than it is. You know, one page is plenty. Um, it doesn't need to be written in a professional style. It should sound like it's coming from you. You know, kind of get the idea out of your head that, that kind of any preconceived notions about what a newsletter has to be in terms of publishing art. You know, it just needs to be some kind of a little regular communication from you to your students in your own voice. Uh, and I think that kind of demystifying it that way is probably the first uh, important thing for people to, um, to, 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 to begin with. Having said that, there's a ton of content out there. It's all over. And I think the two most obvious places to go 
uh, for any of your listeners, John, is number one is ICI. I mean, just go to the website. I mean, it is all over. Um, you know, you and Jennifer have done such a good job of collecting the best thinking on on indoor cycle instruction and and uh, um, alternate points of view on some of it, but certainly um, uh, 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 finding the consensus on uh, on most of it for things like periodization and lactate threshold training and you know and uh, um, uh, just a whole range of, of things uh, that any one of which um, could make a short art- article in a newsletter and by an article you know I you know it could be as little as a paragraph or two um, so I th- so number one use ICI um, uh, I would say number two would be go to your own accreditation whether it's spinning or some other accreditation and use your accreditation materials and simplify what you find there and make it relevant to your classes. You certainly don't want to just, you know, take something, uh, a page out of your accreditation manual and send it to your classes. But there, I, but if you look through the accreditation manual through your students' eyes and, and say what here might be important for them to know, a list of contraindications, for instance, might be a good uh, might be a good thing that could come right out of your spinning certification or other certification and could be shortened and and summarized for your members um, or um, hand positions or um, or movement patterns and basically just share that information with your uh, with your classes so I mean two obvious sources are sitting right in your laps right now um, and of course there are a ton of others all over the internet and publications and everywhere there's no shortage of places to go for uh, for uh, good information. Okay, and and you expand on that where you talk about trusted public sources. What what do you mean by that? Or- well, yeah, there are all kinds of, of either by subscription or just go out on the web and find them. Kind of sources. Uh, some of them are for triathletes. Some of them are for bike racers. Um, some of them are just in the genre of health and fitness. Um, some of them are in the genre of uh, of nutrition. Um, uh, and uh, and wellness and and uh, and I think when you can find uh, sources like uh, those that work for you and are uh, that are of interest to you, then they can be certainly your ideas uh, for for things to share with your students. Uh, now, I'm not suggesting that you just cut and paste and violate someone's copyright, but rather, you know, that you just take that idea, credit it uh, as such. And um, and uh, and rewrite it in your own words, giving giving credit for the original idea. But um, you know, a simple internet search um, uh, and using sources that you know, that you know are credible. Um, other accreditations you might have, um, certainly ICI, certainly um, uh, your own your own accreditation are the two most credible and best to start with. But um, but there are a ton of them out there, and uh, you know, and my mailbox gets you know half a dozen of these every day, and. Uh, and some of them are frankly very um, may not be obvious. I get a lot of ideas from newsletters by subscribing to the New York Times, and um, and then looking for health and fitness articles there on current research and so forth. And I come up with ideas there. So um, it isn't just about the fitness world, but but really um, uh, you know high, a highly trusted good news sources as well. And I know for. The- if you could dig into it a little deeper, if you can set up alerts within Google, for that matter, where whenever there's something new published with the word fitness in it or nutrition or indoor cycling or triathlon, at the end of the week, Google sends you an email saying, here are these articles that uh, are relevant to your 
your search request, and then you can kind of pick and choose. I honestly, we find a lot of interesting content uh, on on our own for in, for ICI that uh, we come up with that way because you know the idea is that if it's interesting to me, it's probably going to be interesting to my readers, and the same is true for your participants. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you're right. I mean, in terms of the use of Google and so forth, leave it to you, John, to find a, a way to use technology to help yourself here. And you've done it again. Oh, I have uh, to. But, uh, I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice. <laughs> well, you do a great job of that. Well, thank uh, you. The, uh, you. You go on to talk about understanding the needs of your students. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, I've learned um, over the couple of years I've been doing my newsletter uh, that some of my very best ideas uh, come from students. Occasionally a student will just come up and say, hey, I think you should do a newsletter on uh, buying shoes. Um, you've got a lot of, you know, I, I, um, was, I've been recycling in, uh, uh, I've been doing my spinning classes in tennis shoes, and uh, I just bought some uh, uh, cycling shoes, some proper shoes, and the difference is so much more than I ever thought it would be. You should tell people that in your newsletter. Well, okay, great idea. I can do an article on that. Great idea. Um, so sometimes it's obvious, but sometimes, you know, it's just things they say that uh, are meaningful, that make you think. One of my favorite students is a grandmother who uh, comes in and is, uh, when she got, starts going hard on her bike, she kind of closes her eyes. And I can, and I, I remember I could tell that she was always thinking about something really hard. And after class one time I asked her, what are you thinking about when you're, when you're, when you're in that mode? And she says, I'm thinking about my grandkids and how the hard work I'm doing is going to help me be around them longer. I said, well, what a I, wonderful thing. Wasn't that nice? Yes, and, what, and a, I, what an incredibly cool motivation. Exactly. And I, and I said to her, um, just instantaneously, I said, would you mind if I shared that? Now, now, I've, now I've shared it with the whole world as well as with my newsletter readers. I'm sure she wouldn't care. But I, but I said, you mind if I share that with the newsletter, um, with the newsletter readers? I think they'd like to hear that. Um, well, so, especially within your own little community, I think that would be really neat. Exactly. It builds the community. It, it, it lets everyone in the community feel that they're part of it, uh, that we care about each other, that we care about each other's motivations. Um, and it also sends a message that the grandmother who wants to be with her grandkids longer um, is part of the community as well as, you know, the racer or the triathlete who... who um, that, that everyone's equal in this community. And I think that's an important message. All right. Well, and I guess you could, as you say that, I'm thinking it, it, it's also helpful to be appropriate with the content or with the, the articles that you're going to be publishing. If you don't have any triathletes in your class, uh, it doesn't make sense to talk about Ironman triathlons. Precisely. Exactly right. Um, and, 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 a, and an individual instructor is going to have the feel of that and, and understand what is... Uh, what is going to work the best uh, for their for their class, and um, who are who are the attenders? And so, when you're picking through this material, whether it be from Google Alerts or ICI or wherever, um, you know you know better than anyone else uh, what your classes um, are are going to be interested in, and um, um, and oftentimes they'll just tell you. Um, if I get a student asking me a question, uh, just on their own behalf. Um, I'll at some point in answering them, I'll have the thought, "Hey, maybe this is a question other people are asking, and are, are thinking, and haven't haven't brought to my attention yet." And oftentimes, that can become a couple little paragraphs in the newsletter. Do you do things that are uh, seasonal? Um, sometimes, um, 
um, certainly um, acknowledging um, acknowledging the change in seasons and kind of what's happening in the spinning studio as a result. Um, like you, John, I mean, I'm in the Midwest here, and you know, we kind of move indoors in the fall and we move back outdoors in the spring. And so I'll do an article in the spring about about road biking or. Uh, I think this spring I'll do one about buying a road bike. And as a former uh, serious road biker, uh, you know, kind of my advice about kind of how to go about the steps and how about going how about to, uh, going to buy a, a road bike. Uh, um, but in the fall, it could be kind of a moving indoors um, and um, and kind of rededicating ourselves to the spinning room and so forth. So um, so seasonal definitely. Um, and um, and and part of it is just the community. It's just you know wishing each other. Uh, uh, good wishes during the holiday times and 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 some things like that in a simple way in a way that's real and genuine but uh, but but nonetheless it's worth acknowledging and then the last on your list and we've touched on it briefly in the original uh, podcast about communicating the upcoming events yeah um, you know I, I think you don't want to bombard people's news uh, you know email inboxes with 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 uh, every little thing that's going on, but but if you're sending out a newsletter and there are some upcoming events at the club, uh, for instance, that might be of interest to them, or even in the community that might be of interest to them, no harm in reminding them a little short item, and particularly if there's spinning events at your club that make sense, uh, uh, some kind of a special race day event or or fundraising event or um, uh, celebrity visiting or whatever it might be. Um, you know, remind your students about it. Let them uh, let them uh, let them know what's going on. Um, it's just well, all part of being part of the community. Well, and of course, if you're going to have an event, it only would make sense to promote it. I, I would imagine so. Okay, so now we've decided we need a newsletter. We've got some comfort that we're going to have something to say. And and just to allay anyone's fears, when I started this podcast two and a half years ago. My concern was, am I going to run out of things to talk about? The answer is no. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. I have such a backlog of things that we could talk about. It, I, once you start thinking about what am I going to talk about, they all come to you. So don't ever let that stop you. There will be plenty. And as long as you set some regularity, and I think we're going to talk about this, or frequency, uh, so that you don't overwhelm yourself, uh, anyone listening to this should feel very comfortable being able to figure out a few things that they can communicate. So let me second that, John. That's a, that's a great observation. And I'll just, I'll just second what you said. So now we move into how you are going to deliver your newsletter or your product, as you call it, because it doesn't have to be a newsletter. I mean, you, it could just be a monthly email. We mm-hmm. just, t- we just tend to call them newsletters. So don't, yeah. don't be, and, and anyone who's been on my email newsletter list that understands that I send out a very generic, very plain text, pretty much text only email in this day and age, most email clients are set not to display images. And so spending a bunch of time developing a very pretty email, uh, and, and adding a bunch of pictures and everything may be added work that your recipients aren't going to appreciate because they won't ever see it. And I might have stolen your thunder on one topic here, Bill, but let's just keep going. Yeah, well, and let me just endorse what you just said. I, I, I completely agree. And I think anything like that that makes it more intimidating to do, just don't do it. Um, keep it simple. When you have an audience that you know is already highly interested in your subject, you don't need to grab their attention with flashy graphics and stuff like that. 
you can you know you can deliver a plain uh, text only product uh, that's easier for you to create you know I don't think anyone uh, uh, it's just not necessary. So I agree with you. Right. And uh, a, a number of years ago, somebody gave me some very wise advice. They said, if you want to see what the number one website in the world looks like, go to google.com. And there you see nothing more than a blank page and a search bar. Ah, okay. That's great. That's great. <laughs> okay. and, that's great. And so, so don't feel that you have to play Picasso with your email. I'm, I mean, granted, yes, for some people, they like doing that, but uh, don't let that slow you down. So we've talked about why you should do a newsletter. We've talked about what you're going to put in your newsletter, and now we're going to talk about how we deliver it. Uh, where do we begin with all this? Well, I'd start with a little bit of an understanding of the scope of your project. Is this an email that's just going to go out to the people that come to your spinning classes, um, or is it going to be something more that's going to come to everyone who participates in spinning at your club or whoever's everyone is a member at your club. I mean, there are different um, levels of uh, involvement that you could that you could uh, approach here. I personally like the idea of a newsletter from a spinning instructor to that spinning instructor's students. Um, but if you're going to do that, you might want to let your management know that you're doing it. They might have an issue saying, for instance, well, what if everyone did that, then we'd have all these newsletters flying around. And I think the answer to that is not everyone's going to do it. But um, but you might want to just check in with your management and kind of have a little bit of a game plan uh, for who you're going to reach and kind of what your purpose is for doing it. And just letting uh, the uh, the ownership of your studio kind of know um, what, what you're about. I do that first, I think, just so your own bases are covered with your employer. Right. You know, one, one point I want to add here, Bill, and it's, it's a little contrarian, but I think a lot of, it may resonate with a few people. And that is that your email list could become very valuable to you. Say your club closed or they decided they didn't want you anymore. And yet you have a substantial email list that you've developed on your own. So it's your list so that you could essentially recommunicate your new employment if that ever occurred. Yeah, I think that's right. There may be a legal issue there involving your own contract with your employer and, you know, a work work product, you know, a work product while under the employee and so forth. But certainly um, there's at least uh, at least in many cases, I think exactly. that would be the now, case. Obviously, people have to make that decision on their own. But but uh, right. Yes. It, yeah, we, yeah, we can't give legal advice about that. Potentially, that's right. That it is that it is something of uh, the list itself is has value, and and you certainly have custody of it. Uh, who has the rights to it um, becomes a legal question, but you have custody of it, and uh, uh, and it may be something that you can use. So we've gotten through the process. We've gotten approval internally uh, for you to do this. Uh, how do you begin collecting your names? You know, it's real simple. Um, at, at the club where I teach, um, there's a sign-in list that everyone signs when they come into class, so that we keep keep of attend uh, excuse me keep track of attendance for each class. And uh, and I just put a pad next to that, um, saying, um, you know, give me your email address, clearly printed, uh, if you um, uh, if you'd like to receive a spinning newsletter from me. And uh, and people have signed up for mine uh, that way. Uh, now I have um, it's, I'm starting to approach 400. Uh, uh, people who've taken my spinning classes that are on my newsletter list. 
uh, and I've just picked them up one at a time as people have as people have have signed in and and given me their uh, their names. By the way, you might also want to ask for their phone number because I find about one time out of four or five, there's some part of the email address I can't read even when I tell them to write clearly, and uh, being able to call them and. Uh, and to clarify it is uh, is sometimes a savings. Uh, I do need to ask, Bill. Does your studio maintain a list of customers, or or do they have a an email newsletter that they're sending? Uh, yes, but they use it very infrequently. Uh, I, I would say only two or three times a year. And when they do, it's very corporate um, and not focused on spinning at all. It'll be focused on uh, the sale of some product or uh, a promotion for a New Year's resolution, people or uh, memberships or something like that. Uh, so the only spinning information that goes out from my club um, um, at this time goes out from me. Well, and that would have been, I would have added that to our initial list of why you should have your own newsletter because you can't depend on your own club to promote your class. That's right. <laughs> That's the bottom All right. So you've amassed this list of emails. What do you do with them? So you've got them loaded into some kind of a, of a uh, someplace on your computer, uh, into some kind of a listserv or or something, and um, and that's a technical question that that I don't think we need to go into right now. But I think you need to decide you need to make some decisions about your newsletter in terms of of, um, of frequency and, and format and so forth. And I think what I would start with is just not promising very much at first. Uh, let it grow naturally. And don't put pressure on yourself to have to create something every two weeks or have to create something on on some regular schedule. Um, I would just be be bold about saying it's you know I send one out when I feel like I have enough content and I have time to write it. And uh, I probably would have a goal, a personal goal, an unstated goal or an unpromised goal of doing it uh, maybe once a month or so. Might be end up being a little bit more often than that. But basically sending out one page or a page and a half uh, once a month um, is enough to have a product that's, that, that, it ha- that, that, that is out there um, and yet not so much that it's going to overwhelm you. And then if you really get into it, you've got more content, you want to do it more often, you know, no one's going to complain about that. But, but so I'd, I'd think a little bit about a delivery schedule next. That would be my, my next piece. And then I'd go on from there to think a little bit about just what do I want it to look like. Um, it'd be nice to have a little bit of consistency, even if you're just using a simple word processor to create it. Just a little bit of consistency about what you call it, um, how you handle what topics look like, kind of just kind of so, so that there's some recognition of it um, in your in your reader's mailbox from one from one time to the next. So that they begin to see the repetition, and and that is very crucial. There's a reason we've never changed the introduction to the Indoor Cycle Instructor podcast for the free podcast is. First, I always love hearing Amy, but but when people recognize that, it's just like a theme song to some TV show. You know, we all know who Gilligan and the Skipper are, or were. <laughs> most, of it, most of us, well, anyways. And so, uh, but based on the, their theme song. So, anyways. So. Is that is that what the picture is of you and Amy on the beach? Uh, is that, that, well, that is that from Gilligan's Island? Could have, well, yes, could have been. Yes, no. That, <laughs> okay. that was just some random picture I took on one of our uh, working fitness vacations. And okay, okay. So uh, I'm I'm one of those that takes you know I holds the ca- hold the camera up and point it back at ourselves. And I've been doing yeah. those since the day we were married. So there you go. So you've developed this formatting, and it, it, there's nothing wrong with changing it as you get established, though, right? No, Don't, no, of course. Uh, doesn't have to be perfect. No. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think you know that one of the main messages I'd want people to hear about this is that perfection is the enemy of good here. Just get something out, make it as good as you can make it, improve it as you go, but don't get hung up on it having to be perfect, um, or or else you, you just end up not doing it. And I think this kind of a project, people get intimidated and then just don't do it. And I think it's it's really important to just dive in and start. You know, you can also do this on a blog, and you know, you'd know as much about that as as me. But what I what I'm doing is I send out the newsletter. Uh, to everyone that I have an email address for, but lately I've been also posting it on a blog, and um, and that just gives me uh, um, a particularly when I have people, I find that I have people now asking for back issues, and rather than have to dig around and and so forth, I can just refer them to the blog for back issues. So uh, might not if you're just getting started, it might not be bad to just take that step and and slap it on a blog, um, uh, which even for someone with like me with with fairly limited technical skills uh, didn't prove to be very hard. Bill, I like the whole concept of tying it into a blog of some sort. But the instructor could also start a blog which, and then just reference that post as the newsletter, correct? Yes, of course. Because right, that's, really, that's really what I do is that you know, we're sending a recap. There's, there tends to be some additional information at the top of it that may be timely in some manner. But the, the remainder of it is excerpts of you know, the content from the previous week. And so, but it doesn't even have to be multiple pieces. You could literally send out an email saying, I've got my new post up, which essentially takes the place of the email itself, correct? And then just send a link to it. Yes, absolutely. And then you also have the benefit of people bookmarking it, coming back, checking it, and and having a link that they can also forward to others what I find is, especially if you created a blog, then, then you could create the format of it. Again, it doesn't have to be pretty, but from a, uh, the context standpoint of it, you know, your information, your class schedule, you know, those kind of things can easily be added to it. And, and they possibly may, ne- or, or it may only infrequently change so that there was, um, so the only thing that we're doing is adding small articles and links to other articles and uh, developing it from there. All right. The other nice thing about a blog is if you, if you decide to implement it that way, you know, you can have ongoing discussions with, with, with your students that are posted and that everyone, everyone can read um, as, you know, as you uh, do, um, you know, with ICI. You know, there's, you can also do it. If you want to go that direction, you can do that. Right. Well, and that's maybe an entirely another topic that I've always thought it would be interesting to get into is that, you know, whether instructors should have a blog. Um, we don't want to overwhelm everybody. But, uh yeah, no, it's just it's just a thought to put out there, but it, it kind of does dovetail with the idea of a newsletter, at least enough that it's worth um, recognizing. Right, and the idea being that that you're going to what they would call syndicate your content, meaning that you're going to make it available in multiple formats, the same content, but it would be on your blog and your newsletter. So you're not doing things twice; you're just using the same content in two different delivery me- mechanisms, like we talked about earlier, multiple touch points uh, to help convey your message. Precisely. So, and then lastly, you talk about replies. Some of this we've already touched on, but basically, um, that I find that when I have sent out a newsletter, and um, that I'll start to, um, I'll get um, students who will write back to me. Just they'll hit reply and rip and 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 come back to me uh, with uh, thoughts and comments and so forth. And that in itself is an is an is an interesting dialogue with with students. Uh, they'll tell me what's going on. If they're racers, they'll tell me about their latest race time. 
um, the, the things that they wouldn't necessarily think to tell me um, if they hadn't had the email from me. There might not be time to tell me at class, um, but they'll but they'll take a minute and just write a few sentences to me. So it really increases my communication with my students. It helps me understand what's going on in their lives. And once again, it comes back to the very first idea we talked about, which is bonding, that, that it really just creates a community. It strengthens the, uh, the little tribal community of, 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 of people that, that do indoor cycling together and go and sweat together and work together. Uh, it just strengthens those bonds, which I think is uh, good for us on, on every level. Uh, and, and ultimately, uh, that's the reason that I started this whole venture, because uh, I felt like uh, it was a way to, uh, to make the linkages uh, between people in my classes stronger, and um, and I think it's it's succeeded at that. Well, Bill Roach, thank you. This has been wonderful. I've uh, I've learned a little bit here myself, and and I'm going to guess our listeners have as well. If they have a question, can they contact you? Sure. Um, just my email uh, would be great. It's Bill dot Roach R O A C H at M C H S I dot com and feel free to uh, to send me an email um, I'd love to uh, uh, I'm all about uh, I'm all about uh, talking with people about this kind of stuff in the post for this podcast I'll be uh, at, I'll have some PDFs with the outlines that we've been working off of so that you have something to reference and I'll also provide a couple of copies of Bill's newsletter for those to see. So, Bill, again, thank you. I've, I've enjoyed it, and I hope our pro members have enjoyed it. And if you have any questions or comments, you can email Bill or uh, send me an email, john at indoorcycleinstructor.com. And so until next time, but here's hoping that your classes are full and you're enjoying them. This podcast and accompanying information has been a joint production of Deep Breath In, LLC, and reach your peak LLC. It is intended for use by indoor cycle instructor pro members only. Please respect the fact it takes us a lot of work to produce these, so don't share it with others. Instead, recommend to your instructor friends that they too become members.